Welcome to the Spirit for Success podcast with your hosts, Rach Wilson and Therese Tucker. Welcome to another amazing Spirit for Success podcast with our co-host, Jax, and the magical, the always marvelous, Therese Tucker. Hi. Hi, everyone. Well, we've got, we've talked about so many topics for this one. I mean, there's so much we could talk about. There's so much active right now. Raise your hands if you're feeling that. <laughs> there, there's a lot of stuff. Yep. Hey, Ashley, we can hi, see Ashley. you in the group. Yay. Glad to have you with us. Awesome. And Jody, hi, Jody. Uh, <clears throat> so as we were saying, there's a lot active right now. We had a lot of talks like all week long. We're like, oh, we could talk about this. <laughs> we could talk about this and this and this. <laughs> We could talk about ratatouille, or we could talk about underwear flying through the yard, or <laughs> there's so many things. That'll be another topic. Have something to do with asses or vaginas or. <laughs> and just penis. Let's just put that out there too. <laughs> I'm laughing because we're, our topic is actually quite serious here, <laughs> but we have to start it with all the other, all the other stuff that we do. So. Um, Rach, do you want to take this one? Should I hand it on over to you? You want to get us started here? Yeah, let's get us started. So, I mean, we've been looking at, you know, the stuff that's going on in our feeds in, in Facebook and, and looking at how people are reacting to what's going on in the world. And, you know, unless you're hiding under a rock or, you know, really much in your Zen bubble, you probably aren't aware, you're probably aware of, you know, that the racist stuff that's happening in the US and, of course, Trump and everything there. And then here in Australia, we are going through um, the same-sex marriage debate again, uh, which is triggering a lot of people. So on both sides of the world, there are these massive triggering events. Um, and even in our own sort of circle, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff being brought up and being triggered in people. And as we talked about in previous episodes, you know, Chiron's in retrograde and Mercury's in retrograde. And the energies are really about bringing this crap to the surface. It's lovely. So, Rach, for the American audience, can you quickly explain? She she shared a statistic with me, which I found quite shocking, that it wasn't until that before two thousand four, it wasn't it was it wasn't stated in, and I, I'm not going to quote this properly because I'm I'm not fully abreast of all the political blah blah blah. Anyway, I read something that said that it wasn't until two thousand and four that the legislation or the Marriage Act was changed to state that marriage was then between a woman and a man. So prior to that, it wasn't stated that, you know, same-sex was not included, but it was from then on um, quite specifically only for a man and a woman to do, which was interesting. Right. So in, it didn't become illegal to th till 2004, technically. I think technically that's the Technically. Okay. Okay. That's just, that's really interesting. Happy little memory. side note. The actual facts, but um, it was just interesting to read that that was the case. So what I wanted to point out with all of this is that we, we are all kind of aware uh, we're in this eclipse period, right? We've, we're in this heavy eclipse period and it intensifies an eclipse and intensifies the situation. Um, so on a personal level, a lot of us are feeling like our shadow stuff is coming up. And why? Because Chiron's in retrograde. So all the wounds, all the stuff that, all the darkness, right? The, the shadow stuff is coming up to be looked at. And why? So that it can be healed. Now, interestingly enough, it's not just happening 
on an individual level. It's happening on a mass level. And we're seeing it in countries. And I'm sure, you know, we're looking at America and, and we're looking at uh, Australia right now, but I'm sure that other countries have their stuff. And as soon as I said that, my phone went bzz, so that's a yes. So this, the shadow side is coming up on multiple levels, which can make, again, going back to the idea of the eclipse intensifying, right? So it's not just personal shit, it's group shit. It's, you know, it's, it starts going, uh, it, we have stuff coming up at each level. Really interesting. Another thing I'll note is that I've heard more than one person say that they don't feel connected to their, the group of people that are around them. Like they feel almost isolated right now. Like they feel like the people that they need are kind of far away and they're feeling a sense of distance, like isolation and distance, which is another thing that can get intensified during this highly charged energy time. Yeah. One thing I heard Rach say recently, which is so true, and I, and I, I like that she brings it up because she's bringing it back to one of our points, is that she's like, look at the energy, but don't get caught up in it. Don't make that your excuse for why things are happening in your life. And she brings that, she brought that up before because we're all about empowerment. You got to bring the power back. Rach, why don't you kind of expand on that before we go deeper into all this stuff? Yeah. Um, the hard part is it's, it's triggering something that's already inside of you if you're feeling triggered by something happening externally. Um, but we can have all of these events happen around us and not be engaged in it so when we're engaged in it we're reacting to it we are actually feeding it more energy so that it exists in our reality um, which doesn't need to be the case uh, there's lots of injustice there's lots of horrific things that happen in the world but when you focus on them and you allow them to change how you feel then you're actively participating in its existence also that whatever you're feeling, you're then like, we know about manifesting 101, whatever you're feeling, you're attracting into your life. So it may not be, I know, while you're looking at a global atrocity or a country atrocity and saying how bad that is, um, you're then inviting that to be a part of your everyday reality in through someone else, through someone close to you, through your um, relationships, through your business, you're inviting it in. So um, that's not empowerment. When no. <laughs> and and that's, and Ashley was just saying over here in our um, in the Zoom room that a lot of people are using energy as the way to blame stuff. Absolutely, right? Now I'm the victim. I didn't do it. It's Chiron. <laughs> it's Mercury retrograde. Mercury and <laughs> and believe me, I it feel there's a sense of comfort in that, right? Like that something bigger than me is happening, and and it kind of gives us an out. But the truth is, if you want to see something change in your life. You have to take the power back first. Absolutely. Hey, Jody, and Jody's just joined us in here too. Fantastic. Um, so, God, so this is such a big topic, right? Because now, <clears throat> when stuff gets kicked up to such a degree, first of all, before we can change anything, we have to uh, get our emotional state in check, right? And that can be really difficult to do. When, it feel, when you feel the group's energy. Mm. An interesting point that I've learned about human beings and how we're different uh, in some ways than animals is we're not, we are not just predatory animals. So here's some fa fun facts, right? So predatory animals, their eyes face forward. 
they, they look forward. Prey animals, their eyes are segmented, right? So on the side so they can see around. Uh, so we have these predatory instincts, the, the desire to go and get it and make it happen. We also have prey instincts, which is to um, herd into a group. Our fear is rejection. Our prey animal inside of us does not want to be rejected. We want to do what the group is doing. So if the group goes up into a lather, we feel like to be part of the group or part of the herd that we also have to get upset or incited in some way. I think also there's, um, when they've documented it, I'm not going to, you can look at it, look, look it up and Google it. Um, because we are energetically open, unless we uh, have enough awareness around what's ours and what's not, Yes. And unconsciously get caught up in the group energy because those emotions are not just, I mean, we, we are so connected. We feel what other people feel. Empaths can feel other people's emotions and not know that they're not theirs. So when yes. you get a group, this is that whole mob mentality. When you get a group of people that are feeling a particular emotion and intensely, then it does have the possibility, a high possibility of impacting and influencing how the people around them feel. Unless you have awareness around it and you are able to discern between what's yours naturally and what is the group's energy. And a lot of people don't have that level of awareness or sometimes it's just you're not noticing in this particular moment. So it's something to become very aware of right now. Well, and I want to say that I think that maybe even just from a spiritual level, if you don't have that awareness, you can feel like being in this big group is oneness. It can feel a lot like oneness, which I feel like many of us, that's what we're striving for, is to feel together, right? We're all looking for that moment where we're coming together. And um, when you get this big group of emotional people and you get caught up in it, it can feel like we're coming together. But again, the discernment is there. Is this what you want? So, God, I mean, we're already kind of going into, I can feel us moving into the steps on how to deal with it. But I want to talk about the issue a little bit more before we go in there. Um, just, just this idea of this shadowy side coming up and how much easier it is to see the shadow in someone else. Oh, yeah. Than in ourselves, right? <laughs> we were talking about this on, on a call beforehand and, and, you know, by talking about this stuff, we do run the risk of triggering people and we acknowledge that. Um, we also acknowledge that we're not perfect and no. seeing the judgment within ourselves and, and all of those same patterns that we're talking about. So we are not saints or angels. Mm. <laughs> get this shit right. <laughs> right. Exactly. In fact, I'll even tell you, I'll tell you one of mine so that you can kind of see behind the scenes what I'm working on myself. One of the things that really gets under my skin is judgment. God, I hate it. I hate watching judgment. I hate watching it happen. And so I, so I wrote during the last full moon that I wanted to release judgment. This was my big, like, I'm going to release this and it's going to turn into a butterfly and fly away. What happened instead was the universe was like, oh, congratulations. We love that you want to look at that. Now look at all of it in you. Look at where you're judged every day. I'm like, holy crap, I did it again. Holy crap that what's come up for me instead of this releasing judgment or, or being released from judgment is how aware I am of how judgmental I can be. Um, and the reason why it's been gifted to me, this, this awareness is so that I can heal it. 
right? So, so when we see it, we get an opportunity. When we become more self-aware, we have an opportunity now. Do I keep doing it? What does it feel like when I do it and I'm aware that I'm doing it? Doesn't feel so good. That's what it doesn't doesn't feel great. Mm. Um, how will I deal with it? No, yeah, add to that. Add to that. Because one of the things, one of the things we're talking about, and this is one that pretty much everyone can relate to in some way, shape, or form, is that feeling of they're wrong. Even if you're not saying they're wrong, you're either saying they're wrong or I'm right. Whatever that happens to be, whether they have the wrong political views, whether they have the wrong religious views, whether they have the wrong freaking pair of shoes with that dress, um, you know, there is a, anytime you're in that position of feeling like whatever they're doing, saying, or how they're behaving is wrong, then you are automatically saying, well, I'm right. And it's a perspective thing. Unless mm -hmm. that other person's shoes have their experiences and their programming remember a lot of us have been programmed to what we believe um then you're never going to be able to see their point of view but from their point of view with all of their experiences they're the ones that are right and you're the one that's wrong and the problem with that is and this if we look at every major upset that's happening in the world right now there is an element of you're right i'm right you're wrong i'm right you're wrong um, and for as long as both sides want to stand there and tell the other person how wrong they are or how right they are themselves, there's never going to be understanding, compassion or healing to move forward from that. And, um, and let, well, let's look at this from a trickier angle, because like with something like racism, right, that feels wrong. I mean, there's, there's moral centers in us that go, well, yeah, that that is wrong, though. I mean, it is wrong to decide that someone superior and another group's inferior. Um, and yet, how how did Mother Teresa deal with something like this? And this was, I brought this up to Teresa before because for me, there's not really any major cause that really gets my goat. Like there are a couple of things that I think, oh, that's not right. But I don't really, I'm not engaged in the wrongness of it. Um, now the caveat to that is I don't really have any major personal experiences where I've suffered at the level that some people have. So we understand that um, that the energy behind it. Um, but Mother Teresa, and I, it's always stuck with me and it's something that I continue to strive for is she won't stand against something. So she's not gonna, she wouldn't go to a rally against war because that was still energizing war. What she did do was say, well, I will stand for peace. So she focused on what she wanted to create in the world instead of focusing her energy on pushing against what she didn't want. I want you to break that down a little bit more in case that concept is slightly new for someone. So when you say that going to a rally against war still energizes war, how is that? Why is that? Well, because we're focused on the war. If you think about it, when you're wanting to be against something, you're pushing against it and pushing against it and pushing against it, saying it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good inside you. And then you attract more and you create more. Whereas if you go for a rally to increase peace, to increase love, to increase um, equality, or what we, what we talk about, human... Human rights or... Human um, Humanity, humanity, just kind of, yeah. yeah. Increasing humanity and connectedness and compassion, that feels good, that feels open, it feels high vibrational, um, which has a huge, it has a much more powerful effect in the world than pushing against the very thing that you actually don't want to be there. 
So it's like what we talk about when we're talking about manifesting and you have the two points of energy, right? You have desired outcome and unwanted outcome. And when you're going to a rally, let's say against war, you're still focusing, you're still looking at the undesired, right? You're still looking at the thing you don't want and your energy is going to that. And even though you're saying, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. But you're looking at that and you're sending energy to that point of the spectrum versus focusing on what you do want, the love, the compassion, the peace and the humanity. When you focus in that way, you're sending energy to that point. You can see that it's, if it were on a line, right? It could only travel in one direction or the other. It's not going to be, if I push against this thing, I'm not going to be giving more energy to that. Think about it too. When you're pushing against a force, it, ex it, it needs more energy. It, it, it drains more energy. It, yes. It is demanding of focus and time and it's, it's a vampire for energy. Um, and we know from all the different things that we do that when it's something that's draining your energy, it is not in alignment with the highest version of yourself, let alone the highest version for the global community. Yes. Right. And, and, and we're looking at these big events and going, I want that to change. I want it to change so bad. I don't want to live in a world where we're still having this fight over skin color. I don't want to live in a world where we're still fighting about whether two people can get married. Right. We want to live. We all I mean, I know that everyone who's who's here with us and watching is in alignment with how we both feel, which is we want to see more love, more compassion, more openness, more freedom more in this world, fun. more abundance. Yeah. For everyone, because <laughs> that's right, because when the whole group goes up, that the whole group goes up, everybody gets it. <laughs> so. So let's start talking then about uh, we, one that, okay, here's one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up today. I've just seen so many posts of people talking about pain, right? We're all connected on the internet. We're almost, all, we're on Facebook right now. So how many people are looking at their Facebook several times a day, <laughs> Therese? <laughs> all the time, right? So you're inundated with these messages. And I see a lot of these high vibrational, beautiful people talking about the things that are frustrating. And I wouldn't stop them. I'm actually not purporting, hey, stop that. Um, I think that it serves a purpose. They're drawing awareness to what's out of balance. But if you're looking at this and you're starting to feel disempowered or it lowers your energy down, it means that it's time to take some inspired action around yourself mm. and bring your energy level back up actually saying also too much facebook yes probably yeah. and she's just asked a question does that mean culling friends um not necessarily not necessarily but then again this comes back to choice and i've certainly seen a few people who've used these events these big events as a way of deciding who is in alignment with who they are who are their people who is their tribe so that they're consciously choosing to surround themselves with people who are um you know more like them and that's not a good or bad thing it's just more in alignment with them um it's it's a choice it really is a choice me personally um i i prefer to be around high vibrational people people who can have these events go on and still remain in a place of compassion and understanding within themselves to to increase the love and energy in the world in that way that that would be my choice 
Um, I have removed a couple of people that were very much out of alignment and it didn't feel good to watch their posts on my wall. So I made that choice. But um, it, it really is a personal thing. Well, I would also kind of, it's, I don't think it's fair. Well, see the judgment happening again there. But to me, if a person is posting about this, right, if they're triggered by it right now and they have to post their frustration or their uh, in outrage, it's also a moment. Am I going to judge this person, this entire relationship with a person based on a moment? It, you know, part of it is observing the behavior for the longer term. You know, like if you're seeing it over and over and over again, that's a pattern of behavior that that, that, that person is um, engaging in. However, when I'm seeing my friends posting this stuff and seeing how upset they are, I appreciate them for bringing the awareness into my space. Um, they're helping me look at something that I might not be focusing on. So they're helping bring it to me. But then at the same time, I have to watch myself, yeah. myself, and go, is this taking me down like a darker path? Am I going down the road of despair? Which can easily happen, can easily happen when you see how fucked up the world feels at times. Mm. But it's also a point of view and a choice I'm making to look at how fucked up things could be. Mm. I can also put my attention on all the amazing things that are happening simultaneously in the world. And I have a feeling as long as there's a physical plane, we're always going to have this choice. We're always going to have the choice of looking at how bad it is or how good it is, or there's, you know, there's in between too, but they're always going to coexist. I don't think that at any point we're going to fully eradicate it, although that is the point of ascension. I mean, that's the hope of ascension anyway, is that we can elevate past this, which I, I would like to hold on to that. It gives me something to work towards, right? And, and like we've, we've both been avid listeners of, of Abraham Hicks and, and all of, I mean, they're not the only people that talk about it, but it is very much it, what's going on in the world is going on in the world, but we have a choice to focus on it and allow our reality and how we feel to be changed by that and it be changed in a good way, empowering way, or it can drain our energy and our power. Um, and that becomes a personal choice for all of us. Right. So then it comes back to all of this. So when I'm, I was thinking about what if someone was watching this and they were like, but how do we change it? How do I change the world? And the answer is always the same. I always get it same answer. You want to change the world, change yourself. Start with yourself. And that goes uh, right hand in hand with what Rach and I believe and teach, which is empowerment. You want to, you know, you got to be the change to see the changes. <laughs> Somebody said that somewhere, right? Yep. Yep. And, um, and then allowing this to be an opportunity for being able to uncover what in you still needs to be healed. So for me, Anytime I'm massively triggered by something, it's an opportunity for me to go, okay, what is that about? What is it that's getting me there? You know, what is it that's upsetting me or frustrating me or whatever it is? Is there a belief that or an experience in my my field that needs to be, is asking for healing? And in more cases than not, it is. Um, oh, yeah. And once you kind of heal that within you, it doesn't trigger you at that level anymore. Like, like I was saying before, there's a lot of things in the world that happen in the world that's like, oh, that's, that's terrible. But it doesn't massively trigger me like I see others being triggered. Like I said before, I don't have any massive trauma or, you know, I've never been enslaved. I've never, 
um, you know, like Theresa and I were actually saying, we're both quite privileged in that way. We're both white females and, you know, very much the sort of middle of the road. So we're not having to deal with cultural, religious or, um, you know, colour issues. So for us, it's probably an easier thing for us to do. But I do know, and I've seen many stories of people who have lived through some of the most atrocious things and have still been able to come out on the other side with the most compassion. I mean, what, um, Nelson Mandela. Gandhi, oh, yeah. Gosh, Mother Teresa, they're, they're the greats. Let's be honest and say that they are, you know, the, the, the pinnacle of what we would like to be um, in many ways. And most people are not there, even though we, we try our very best. Um, but it's... It's possible. It is absolutely possible to have all this atrocious stuff happen in the world and not go into a low vibrational connection to it, which only energizes it and brings more in. I don't want to be a right. I don't want to energize it. I don't want to give it more fuel to, to live in me, which will then trigger it in other people. So how do we know that we're triggered? I would say the first step of knowing that you're triggered is you're having an, a strong emotional response to it. Yeah, here's, here's the thing, like, it's okay for an atrocious thing to happen and to feel sad or empathy for the people in it. That's normal. It's when it really gets under your skin. That's when you want to be looking at, well, what is there something else that's going on here? Does this remind me of someone that I know? Like, um, you know, narcissists <laughs> tend to be, I'm a little bit more triggered when I come across a narcissist than I am about, you know, the average everyday person because I, that one I do have a small personal experience with. Um, so it's the same, you know, what in you is being triggered by that person. Is there someone else they remind you of is a great question to highlight what other stuff's coming up. Right. And noticing what really gets under your skin. I mean, this is the thing where <laughs> the outside world is a mirror for us. And that's what it comes back to is that the things that are outside of us that really, that really get to us, like Rach was saying, those are mirrors for us to look at so that we can then see in ourselves that it's there and then choose our next steps around it. How are we going to, now that I see it, how do I deal with that? Um, and the compassion, the love and the compassion, the forgiveness that we want to see in the world has to start with us. And we were talking before, we were mentioning that you can't give what you're not giving. You can't give to others what you're not giving to yourself. You don't have it yet. Mm. So if you if you lack that sense of I. I was doing the best I could, right? Like I was doing the best I could until I realized, hey, that's not my best. You don't know what your best is until, until you, you've experienced, uh, I think, more, more of yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, we are these light beings having a human experience for a reason. One of the reasons that I understand from a spiritual point of view is that we're trying to move through some karma. Right. Karma, the best way to describe karma is kind of like debt, <laughs> like debt we've incurred and we're trying to pay it back. We're always every time we come back here to this lifetime, we're trying to clear this debt. And so these uh, these are opportunities when the shadows emerge, when they surface, it really is a gift. It's an opportunity to try and clear um, this lower vibrational debt so that we can then move our souls up the ascension ladder 
Um, and I had a thought in my brain. It just kind of went poof. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yes. It's um. So there's a, a couple of things that yeah, we can look at these times and, and try our very best to remember that, you know, whatever's happening in front of us is really just, it's like a movie that's playing. And we have a choice in every moment to decide if we're going to engage in creating more of that or if we're going to go, okay, how can I feel empowered through this? What is it I need to focus on? How can I bring more love, compassion, understanding, wealth, freedom to the world and focus on that? I remembered like the thought that went poop. So the thought was about this, how to deal with the shadow self. Most of the time, I, I think that people try to reject it or eject it. Like I'm going to get rid of this and then, then I'll be healed and hold. When we know that, that the actual answer, it's counterintelligent. It's to embrace it. It's to meet it. Right. accept it <laughs> exactly be like why are you here okay okay you're here you're in my house now judgment why are you here like what's your job i don't because you've gone rampant in my brain you've gone you've run your little course and you've got these ideas um and i'm starting to see that i don't agree with your ideas judgment but what's your job right we were talking about this before we got on the phone that everything that comes up actually has a purpose even darkness, it darkness's purpose is what to so that we can find the light, right? Be the light in the darkness. Yeah, we can be the light. Yeah, exactly. Um, so little too, but keep going. I've forgotten. No, no. My new favorite question to ask about these areas is, what's your job? Like, what is your purpose? How many people have have done this work? Have looked at something that's going on and and actually tried to, I like to think of it as like an interview almost. Like I want to interview you. What it? What was your reason for being here? Uh, when Rach and I were talking about it, kind of breaking down judgment, we both came to the conclusion that it was to keep us safe, mm. to help us to discern between what is what could kill me and what you know what could kill you and what could be safe. Let me right. just judge the uh, the the. Um, traffic lights is there a car coming okay well they're about you know a kilometer away I'm pretty sure I can cross the road so there's or <laughs> judgment or, or smell this food I'm gonna smell this food is this food this smells weird maybe I shouldn't eat this <laughs> you're weird food judging the right. food it's bad food, it's bad food. <laughs> so it has it has a function and if, if you're aware of it, right, and you're not trying to reject it, and you, you're like, okay, you can have that job. It's almost like you have mediated between you and this shadow aspect. And it kind of, in what is the word I'm looking for? Deflates it a little bit. Takes the power out of it. And there's, I mean, there's going to yeah. be, here's the thing. We're not going to say that this is easy to do, particularly with um, events okay. and things that are quite personal to you. Um, like we like we've already stated, you know, here in Australia, it's the same-sex marriage thing, among other stuff. That's just the the, the focus for the moment. Um, and in the US, there's a lot of stuff around racism and other stuff around there. So there's always these big events, and you know, like we've already pointed out, we're not. Um, it would be definitely a lot harder if you have been on the receiving end of some of that hatred. But at the same time. Um, 
when you've got two people on two sides of the street both going, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, um, it doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't help society at all. So allow, we, if we allow these things to exist, because we, in a lot of ways we can't change the person, we can't get rid of them because that just makes us just <laughs> tit for tat, never works. It doesn't raise our right. minds at all. Um, allow them to exist and choose to focus on something that is more empowering and um, helpful to ourselves as well as the, the, uh, the global community. Right. I mean, I, I still want to see equality. I want to see equality very badly. Um, but I'm going to choose to focus on equality. What would be the, the higher step in that situation would be like, let me, most of the time, people want to be heard and they don't feel they are. And they feel misunderstood and judged, which causes more of the friction and the pain and the intolerance. And, and it just keeps growing from there. Actually letting people say the thing we don't want to hear actually letting them be who they are it deflates it it literally takes all the air out of the situation because it's not denial anymore right it's it's trying to acknowledging there you go yeah, it's acknowledging because imagine i mean a lot of the things that happen in the world they're escalations like the bad stuff like by the time oh, yeah. it gets to a point of someone harming someone else um, and i'm not yeah. saying you are evil in the world but in general, it's because someone didn't listen or someone said you were wrong and then it escalated. I mean, you see it in our own households when, you know, the siblings get onto each other and one goes, you get off my side of the, the, the couch. He breathed at me. He looked at me. <laughs> you know, it just right. escalates because there's like a poke, 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 poke. Um, instead of a, I hear you, I acknowledge what you're saying. And then, a, which de like Therese was saying, it deflates it, it takes the energy out, it softens everything. The more you stand and push against something, it, it makes it harder and uh, a stronger force to have to push against. So, well, yeah. And fear. I mean, in that whole situation, fear is very activated. I am uh, the, why don't we let each other, why don't we listen? Why do the siblings fight? Why won't, when the... The son, when the two-year-old boy takes the six-year-old daughter's <laughs> doll away and we start screaming at each other, the fear behind it, at least from the, the point of view of my daughter, is that he's going to take it and it's his now rather than, and she's not understanding his why. I mean, and of course he can't really say his why yet, but as a parent, I can see that you have it, he admires you, he wants that, and that is why. Right now, that's not always the reason why people get in altercations or or disagree with each other. But but at least when there is conversation or listening or acknowledgement, then we can start to get underneath what was the reason. What is the reason that you behave this way? That this person's behaving this way, and it might be very well that I loved my grandfather. My grandfather was the epitome of this person, this personality. And by continuing to hold his beliefs, I'm honoring him. And then you can get down to it and say, there's actually a lot better way. There's many better ways to honor and, and love your grandfather than uphold his very um, outdated beliefs system, right? But we can't get to all that yet until we sit down and listen. Mm, and that's the key. And, and the reality is we're not going to be able to get all these people 
that um, you know leaders in the world or whoever you're thinking of right now that's causing you grief, we're not necessarily going to be able to get them to do this. Um, mm -hmm. And if we hold on to that thought of we need to get them to change, we need to get them to change, we need to get them to see the way that we can see it, to see how it can possibly be, that's just causing more push, more angst within ourselves. So like we've talked about, allowing them to be who they are, to have their views, to um, to just kind of step back and go, okay, it is what it is. And what can I do in my world to propel the opposite in my own life? Well, and it's really interesting that you mentioned this part because Caitlin just asked, um, she said, but what about holding people accountable? Hmm, that is a good point. I think, well, let's, let's use some examples. I mean, it's, uh, okay, let's just take an extreme example. Um, someone murdering someone else. Uh, accountability, yeah, but there's, but look at the emotional component. That's where it becomes unstuck. Um, yes, we don't condone murdering someone, although he may have a very good reason or she may have a very good reason, um, but there is a, an, a consequence to that action. So there's a level of holding them accountable for a higher standard, for a, well, a moral standard. But there's also, it's how you're responding to it emotionally and then what other stuff you trigger or create or drama you act into. Uh, I, that. I think this is really tricky because um, on a personal level, on a individual one-to-one -one level, is it your responsibility to hold that person accountable on a one-to-one -one level? 644, by the way. Hey, team. Now, then I started thinking about it. Okay, take it up to the group level. Now, when the group level, when the group has decided that on a whole murder is wrong, mm -hmm. then the individual becomes accountable to the group that they're in, right? So there's a connection there where the group is deciding this is not how we conduct ourselves in a society and that we have to make uh, an example of this, but there's other ways to deal with it. There's that tribe. I believe they're in Africa. I, I want to say they're in Africa, but it's a tribe of people that when someone commits an act, a negative act like stealing or possibly even murdering or harming another person, they do hold that person accountable, but they treat it very differently instead of condemning the person and telling them, how bad they are and that they you know that they're subhuman somehow now they hold that person they, they they form a circle around them and the whole village is there and they stay with this person for two weeks and they tell stories of how good this person is they remind him of the times that he was helpful or loving or they they shower this individual with examples of his humanity and, and with the intention of raising the vibration, and they decide that there's a distortion there, that the person committed something, uh, the foul act, because of a distortion, not because the person is bad, but something happened. Something happened that distorted that person's viewpoint mm. to the point of committing that, that act. So their whole, the, the whole intention around forming the circle and holding them in that space for two weeks is to remind them about who he actually is. That wasn't you. That wasn't the you that, that we know you are. Mm. 
which I think is really, that is accountability, but it's very different. different. Yeah, it's a different level of accountability. And I think, you know, that's a great example of what's possible. And I think a, a large percentage, and I'm never going to say 100%, because I'm sure, like I said, there are people who are just pure evil. There's always going to be extremes in this, on this level, on this plane. I think we just all need to accept right now. Polarity will exist. Yeah. Okay. But I do agree. Um, that makes complete sense that if, if, I mean, you think about every fight you've had with your partner, with friends or with family or, you know, things that you see in the media between different parties, it's, it's often, um, there's some, there's a whole story around what has gotten to the point of lashing out in some way, shape or form. And the, it's the lashing out. Um, I mean, I remember as a kid, my sister, she, love you dearly. Um, yeah, if I pissed her off, she would then punch me and then I'd punch her. So it was an escalation of a misunderstanding or something in that vein. Like if you pulled us apart and sat down and go, why did you do that? We both had very good reasons as to why we then got to that point. Um, and I think there's so many more situations where that's the case. And if we could somehow get to a place of compassion, of understanding, of asking more questions around, well, what happened? What, what really created all of this to get to this point and took our own responsibility for our part in that, then we could heal so much more. Um, yes. And lower the amount of violence, of abuse, of reaction that we're seeing playing out in the world. The, the, the bigger pictures, guys, is it, it's a reflection of the smaller stuff. So while we're sitting here focusing on that big picture and saying that big picture has to change, we are not looking at the smaller stuff, the seeds of it, which happen in the individual level. So when we're thinking about these huge fights, right, where there's a lot of people believing things or a lot of people needing accountability, like, like Caitlin's bringing up here. You, can you do anything about a lot of people? A lot of, can you, you, not a group of us, but can you do anything about it? So do you feel empowered when you think about this huge group of people that needs to change? When you take it back down to you and like, I like to think about um, Tony Robbins actually, illustrates this one really well I think but he has couples come up on on his stages you know and they're working out their issues and they've got this whole idea in their heads about what this issue is about she thinks it's about this this guy think you know her husband thinks it's about that when really the truth is they want attention they want to be acknowledged they want to feel loved they want a lot of things and he his response is give it to the other person first if you want more cuddles and love give more cuddles and love because the answer really is what we give is what we will receive. And I've tried this at home. I tend to be like, if I feel like my husband's in the wrong, I'll be kind of like standoffish and I want him to come over and make it up. But the problem is with that approach is that more and more time goes where we're not cuddling each other because he's afraid I'm pissed off and I'm like, you need to fix it by cuddling me and he's not getting the message. And so it just, it does, it can escalate. Whenever I've been like, fuck it, what I really want is a hug right now. And I realized that I was the one who felt frustrated or angry. And I'm the one who gives that hug. Just the first one. All I have to give is one and I get a ton back. Really. But it, what it does is it takes me getting over myself, right? I have to 
step away from the pride in the I'm right, I'm justified, and I have to think about what I want. And am I behaving mm -hmm. in alignment with what I want? It and it's whenever I've managed to do it, whenever I've managed to just drop that pretense of right or justified, and I get I go right for what I want, I get it right back. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. And it changes your reality and your experience of the world too, what you focus on. We know this stuff. Um we do. And we've we've spent almost the entire hour talking about it. oh my god, time's flying. <sighs> I know. Yes. <laughs> Just another side effect. But the, but all, by all means you can ask this conversation can continue um in the group and whatnot, but we, we if you're up for it, we'll sh we should open up for questions. Yes. We we are open for questions. It can be about anything. You don't have to talk about shadow side stuff. Uh, if you want to, you're free to do so. But it can be about you, all about you. And we will give you our insights about that. So go ahead and start putting your questions in either in the chat in here in Zoom, uh, or if you're on Facebook, you can pop a question in there and we will start taking questions now. What I'd love for you know this episode, no matter when you listen to it or if you will listen to it now, um, is to think about how can you change your own reality and focus on stuff that makes you feel empowered um, and how that can be the ripple effect out into the world. You know, how can you create more love, more compassion, more understanding, more? What? <laughs> Why don't we consider just for as a group for a second, what if it's easier than we think? Mm. What if it's easier than we think? We keep thinking we have to fight the problem with righteousness. What if it's focusing on the love? Now the fear here is what if we're just ignoring it? Are you ignoring it or are you focusing on what you want? Remember the positive, the yeah. high vibration is much more powerful than the low yep. vibration. So if you're going to, it's like betting on making bets, going to Vegas and making bets. Well, it's not, it, the black and the red is not equal. If you're betting on the high vibrational stuff, we'll make that red. Um, there's like 90% <laughs> of the board is red, 10% is the dark. So if you put your attention on the 90%, the it's going to have a bigger effect and change more of what you don't want by focusing on the very thing you do want to see more of in the world. And since we, had, we don't have any questions coming up yet, I'll just say you're free to have your perspective too. I, I mean, this is our perspective. We're sharing it. It feels good to us. But I'm not going to tell you that that's right because that, again, is the very problem that we're seeing is that there's a right and a wrong way to be. You're allowed to focus how you want to. I'm just, uh, what I would love to see is considering, just consider it, right? Uh, we're supposed to question, even the good stuff. Question the good stuff. Question, is that avoiding the issue or is it refocusing the issue? The answer is in you. Your answer is in you, right? Um, just kind of, wrap that up in a place of <laughs> free will, all that good stuff. Okay, so Chris has got a question. So if the solution yeah. is taking away our energy from what we don't want, how do we get more people to do it? Media pushes our attention. Ha ha ha. Oh, I've got a quick one for that. Um, Chris, you don't. It's not up to you to make everybody jump on your side of the boat. Um, the media, look, we know, I see the media stuff and I look at it and go, that's interesting. I don't emotionally attach to it. I don't, because I know it's not the full truth. In fact, even when someone tells you their version of the story, it's still not the full truth. No. You just choose, you choose not to, not to participate in the media stuff. 
And then you've got to allow the other people to make their own choices. You can't control it. So as long as we're focused on what everyone else is doing, I want you to remember this, that our focus is like that of a camera, meaning that a camera can focus on the subject or it can focus on the background, but it can't do both at once. You will not get a clear subject and a clear background. One will go out of focus. So as long as you're looking at what the majority is doing, what everyone else is doing, you are not looking at yourself. You're not in focus. You've gone hazy. So in this scenario, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to choose one or the other. Which one do you have more control over? Which one can you actually truly affect massive change in the subject or the background? I want to add to that too, because you're saying, you know, we don't, but the majority does. Okay. So, um, the way you, you influence and create change is to be the change first. Be yeah. the change first. If you want um, stuff to change on the, like social media, then you post about compassion, love, and, and focusing on that. That's how you do it. You, it's too hard to um, try and change other people's points of view. And in fact, you can't. It's more about being who you are and being the influencer in that respect. Okay, awesome. uh, Jody has a question. So I'm in a situation at the moment and I can feel myself getting emotionally pulled into and drained. I feel like I may need to cut a cord, but how do you know? Well, a, you're drained. <laughs> right, absolutely. That's the answer right there. And yeah. if something drains you of energy, you can bet for sure it's not right for you in some way, shape or form. And I'm becoming very aware of this for myself in and I'm looking at it in minute in the minute details when I'm doing a particular task or I'm thinking about oh I've got this meeting or I'm saying yes or no to something that someone's asked me to do I'm noticing in me where does it feel good and I was, I was talking to Therese today we're talking about a particular opportunity that came up for me and I went yeah I'm not sure I'm not getting a hell yeah for it therefore it's a no <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah, simple as that. If it feels draining, if it feels hard, if it feels um, heavy, it's a no for you. It's a cut the cord. It's a make a different choice. Definitely, but like from my perspective, anyway. No, I agree. Remember that time and energy are finite resources every day. Meaning, you only get twenty four hours, and you only get so much energy per day before you have to recharge. So if something is draining your energy, like if you had an app on your phone that was just sucking the battery power out of your phone, what would you do with that? Yeah, you'd probably get rid of it or at least try to adjust it, right? You wouldn't let it keep draining you. Yep. So why do we let ourselves do this to our, our own energy? Because the truth is you're not going to get it back. No one's going to hand you a little package and be like, oh, by the way, here's the energy just got sucked out of you. Mm. You can People can offer you energy right but even that it's not quite the same as what you were given to start with for the day this is something that you just you have to learn how to value that and she's just said it you loves this person dearly and wants to help but it's sapping me dry that's because you don't have enough to give right now jody i know what you're happening in your world um you have to take care of yourself first and this is going to be one of those times where you need to create a boundary and i know this is something that's coming up for you uh, to create better boundaries for yourself to protect your energy and your time it's okay it's not um, it's not up to you to save this person this person has got to learn to do that for themselves so you can say I love you 
and I'm here for you, but I just don't have the energy or time right this moment to be able to do X, Y, Z. So lovingly create a few boundaries for yourself because you really do need to focus right now on you and your family. That's all you've got the energy for. And since we're kind of at time and that's our questions for today, I, I kind of want to leave you with this thought because it's what we've talked about. Like, again, we both acknowledge it's triggering and we're not saying we have the answer. There is no right answer, I feel. Um, but the golden rule is an excellent tool to use whenever you're thinking about these bigger situations. You treat others the way you wish to be treated. Even the ones that you're like, I am having a really hard time getting there. That's the challenge. That might be the challenge, the ultimate mm. gift, right? That might be the um, power up point. If we were in a video game, that would be like you'd be getting a thousand coins just for being able to get to that point. So the golden rule, what if we gave that to everyone? What if we stopped making it our job to be judge and jury all the time? Yeah. What would that be like for now? Mm. all right this little challenge until next week till we give you something <laughs> probably more <relaxed>. right <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we're, hopefully well let's see what's next week we're still are we still in it no next week we've got the new moon coming and we'll be getting past this solar eclipse but that means more intense stuff but also new stuff coming in new stuff is good actually i'm not here next week i'm actually in queensland having a holiday <laughs> be alone <laughs> maybe maybe not i don't know yet we'll see <laughs> leave that seat open who knows but anyway um other than that you got anything else you wanted to throw in here oh yes we wanted to mention yes itunes we're on itunes we've been on itunes for a long time we forget to tell everybody we're on itunes um <laughs> we are working towards getting an app so that people can listen to us directly on their phones so in order to get there, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And if you could also leave a rating or review, that would be fabulous, which would help us to get this podcast out a little bit further so that we can talk to more people. <laughs> well, if, if it means that we have to bring up vagina, I was going to say that. We have to talk about vaginas more. We'll talk about vaginas more, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we will do that for you. For every five-star rating, more vagina monologue. <laughs> All right, so beautiful. Until next time, relax. We got this. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. To learn more about Rachel and Therese and all of our awesome offerings, go to spirit, the number four success.com or find us on Facebook. In fact, why not join our kick-ass and sparkly group, kick-ass and sparkly lady panures unite until next time. Relax. We got this.